Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility via natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naturna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of Fertility in Focus. Have you heard the news about how sugar alcohols are causing blood clots? Well, makes sense that it wouldn't really be that good for fertility either, right? So I figured since this is popular news right now and since, you know, there's just so many women and men, I guess, too, but mostly women consuming uh, fake sugars of sorts uh, or processed sugars of sorts that it was it's probably a topic that we should dive into. So... Artificial sweeteners are also known as non-nutritive sweeteners, NNSs, and they elicit a multitude of hormonal and endocrine responses in animals and in humans. It always makes me sad when there's testing on animals, so, but I do cite the research from it, so I apologize for that because I, I don't like that things are tested on animals, but you know, as I mine research, like some is on humans, there's a lot on animals, so I, I convey the results from both. The best characterized consequences and metabolic changes that might be mediated by the activation of like our sweet taste receptors is related to how it's actually affecting glucose metabolism overall and our gut microbiome. And and so what are we talking about here? Like what are these sweeteners? Sucralose, which is in like just so many things. Like if you drink electrolytes, you'll see it in there. It's in different powders. It's I feel like sucralose is everywhere. It replaced aspartame when people figured out that aspartame was bad. Aspartame's still around, but I feel like sucralose is like more common. And you'll see these kind of sweeteners in Gatorade, like anything colored, and and any of those like even vitamin water. Those you know, they taste like poison. They taste like chemicals and there's the chemical sweeteners basically. So sucralose, aspartame, erythritol. So these alcohol sugars that have become super popular with the keto diet, like all the keto products have erythritol or maltitol or things like that in there, um, which are derived from corn a lot of the time and genetically modified, but that's a whole, we don't need to go that deep in. Um, Stevia unfortunately is not good either. So, you know, anything that tastes sweet and that has kind of made its way into the culture as something that like doesn't affect your blood sugar so you can have it. You know, it's not just the diet drinks now. It's a whole bunch of uh, pseudo healthy stuff like popular culture stuff that's come up in keto or other diets have been like, oh, yeah, no, see on the when you look on the ingredient list, you see no sugar, but you'll see erythritol or sucralose or something. So they're sweetened. If it tastes sweet and it has no sugar, that means it has one of these artificial ones in it, which are not good. And we're going to get into why. So 
Contrary to popular belief, just because these don't contain actual sugars, they are not physiologically inert substances, meaning just because they don't have sugars in them doesn't mean that they're not going to do anything in the body. You can't get something for nothing. If it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Um, we can't ignore the potential biological mechanisms um, by which their consumption may impact a bunch of things, energy balance, metabolic function, and that includes like our taste receptors and like what it's doing to that and our appetite effects on hormone secretion and and this part is scary cognitive processes like learning memory taste perception and then as i mentioned before the gut microbiota so like the gut bacterial balance three potential mechanisms by which they affect our hormones and fertility and general health for that matter but um you know obviously we talk a lot about fertility these things also that I'm going to list off are not mutually exclusive, meaning that they don't stand alone. They often like are intertwined. So one, they interfere with glucose and energy homeostasis. So like glucose metabolism, insulin, blood sugar. So even though they don't have sugars in them, they do mess with receptor sites and the way that our glucose and insulin behave. <clears throat> energy is always affected by our glucose metabolism. Um, and our insulin levels. So that, you know, is a consequence of, of messing around with, with these levels. They interfere, these artificial sweeteners interfere a lot with um, gut microbiota and induce glucose intolerance. So we're back again to the glucose issues. So once you start tinkering with gut health, by the way, everything gets weird. Uh, so, you know, a lot of inflammation, we can get really fat. That's one of the things that makes people fat. Like I developed a, a new uh, herbal formula in my line of herbal formulas called Junk Juice and it's called Skinny and it was developed to clean up the gut bacteria and the side effect of cleaning up gut bacteria, um, like bad bacteria, was that you know a bunch of the ta patients taking it lost a bunch of weight. So that was really interesting. So then you know I made it more available to the public as like a safe way to trim um, and, but it was really geared towards cleaning up the gut and it just had this amazing other effect to it of slimming you down. So if you start messing with the, the gut, then you're going to be leading potentially towards weight gain or looking puffy and having low energy, brain fog. The third thing, the third mechanism by how they affect you, and I think there are more, but here are some of the main ones that are being researched. They interact with sweet taste receptors ex expressed throughout the digestive system, so not just in the mouth, but throughout the digestive system, and again, play a role in glucose absorption and the trigger of insulin secretion. So what I gather from the research that I've been doing is that even though they're not sweet, in, I mean, sorry, even though they don't contain sugar, um, the sweet taste is leading to issues with sugar metabolism in the body and leading to um, issues with uh, gut bacterial balance. And glucose issues and gut bacterial balance really do go hand in hand. Why does this matter? Well, again, when you change the gut microbiome, you're changing your, your immune system and your level of inflammation. And I, in this day and age, have seen so much like mysterious failed implantation of good quality embryos and like very quickly declining egg quality in younger women. I've just been seeing more weird stuff, which makes me think like this era of COVID and the vaccine are having effects on the microbiome. 
And, you know, what, that's one of the reasons why people seem to get recurrently sick after they have COVID or, or what have you. But that's a topic for another day. So when we alter the microbiome, which is what a lot of the research around these artificial sweeteners are showing is the problem, we have a cascade effect in the system. I discuss this all at length in my book, The Ultimate Fertility Guidebook, that comes out in just a couple weeks, actually. And not to mention that when you alter taste receptors and inflammation and gut bacteria glucose, you're likely to increase your appetite. So that's one of the mechanisms by which you're gaining weight is just eating more. You don't even realize that you're increasing your appetite, but when you're stimulating sweet receptors, but they're not really getting satisfied because of this weird chemical structure of these fake sweeteners, it's leading to like a confusion in our appetite. So how much is too much? Like what is the research showing? So there's one study that showed like more than three regular soft drinks or any amount of really like any amount of diet soft drinks was associated with oocyte dimorphism, which is basically poor egg quality, diminished embryo quality on day two and three of culture and some effects on blastocyst formulations formation. So like as the embryo progresses, um, also um, had an effect on implantation and pregnancy rate. Consumption of artificially sweetened coffee in case you're dumping those things into your coffee was also negatively associated with embryo quality on days two and three of embryo development. So I guess, you know, what I was reading was saying that if you're drinking over three kind of servings of this stuff a day, it's really bad, but that they're saying that it's kind of bad in any amount. So, um, you know, take a read through the things that you're consuming, drinks and products, because it's like everywhere now that you might be consuming more than you think you are. Damn you, keto, for making erythritol so popular. And let's so let's dive in a little bit more into the research on re- reproductive health specifically. In clinical studies with non-pregnant participants and in animal models, artificial sweeteners were shown to alter gut hormone secretion, glucose absorption, appetite, kidney function, in vitro insulin secretion, size of fat cells, microbiome dysbiosis of gut bacteria, In pregnant animal models, consumption was associated with, this is scary, altered sweet taste preference in later life and metabolic dysregulations in the offspring. So it's like not only affecting the person, but it's affecting the offspring. It's making them have elevated body mass index, so fatter, um, increased risk of obesity, microbiome dysbiosis, which is your immune system and your mental health too, by the way, and abnormal liver function tests. In female animal models, these artificial sweeteners were shown to significantly increase the percentage of abnormal levels of estrogen in cycles, low serum progesterone levels, so too much estrogen, too little progesterone, damage of granulosa, oocyte, and corpus luteum cells, and adversely influence the quality of human oocytes, and so human eggs, and embryo development. In pregnant animal models, artificial sweeteners resulted in significant decreases in circulating progesterone levels, again, Uh, placenta diameter, so like the size of the placenta, embryo glutathione concentrations, causing more issues with glucose intolerance, uh, more oxidative stress in the endometrium. So like maybe that's playing a role in implantation and um, the ability to maintain a pregnancy. The adverse influence of artificial sweeteners on glucose is independent of their low caloric status. So it's does, like, as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't matter that they have no calories or no sugar, they're still having effects. Um, so consequently, offspring exposed to artificial sweeteners in utero had reduced gestational lengths and fetal weights and increased chromosomal aberrations, fetal congenital malformations, embryo toxicity, and decreased 
embryo development scores. The latter mechanism has been partially attributed to the impact of aspartame, but you know, male animal models have also observed negative effects associated with exposure to artificial sweeteners on sperm parameters and an increase of sperm DNA fragmentation, so inflammation um, that damages the sperm. It can make them be like weird shapes and not be able to fertilize the egg and um, may cause chromosomal abnormalities in embryos. So the moral of the story here is that the sweeteners, just because they don't have calories and aren't showing up as having like sugars in your nutritional label on the back of the product, doesn't mean they're having no effect on your system. They're having quite an effect on multiple levels, um, on your gut, on your glucose metabolism, and potentially on your brain, which is really scary. And I'm seeing so many patients with memory problems these days. I wonder if the consumption of this stuff is making it worse. So I don't think you should then pivot and go consume a bunch of honey and maple syrup and regular sugar. Um, but if you are going to consume something, consume it in moderation. In fact, like I'm, I think pretty much all sweet things are not good to consume much. So I would limit it to say a teaspoon of honey a day or a teaspoon of maple syrup. Or if you're going to have something with erythritol, have it like maximum a couple times a week or something with stevia, same kind of rule. So it's not that you can't have any of these things. It's modern culture. We're constantly exposed to them, but keep it to a minimum and try to get sweet out of your life. Like break the addiction to the sweet uh, because it's just not serving you any of the sweet. So natural sweeteners, refined sweeteners, um, fake sweeteners, like the ones we're discussing, they're all bad. So if you're going to consume any, uh, consume them in very small amounts. And if you want sweet things, have a piece of fruit. It has fiber. Um, if you want something even sweeter, maybe have a date or an apricot and increase your amount of protein so you or and your amount of healthy fat so you crave these sugars less. Get more sleep. Um, these are the ways that you get sugar out of your life. And for more tips on that, you can for, refer back to earlier episodes or check out my course eating for optimal fertility, where I go into that, you know, how to get sugar out of your life and why. And, and also you can pick up my book, the ultimate fertility guidebook, where I give you all the scoop on how to reduce, avoid, improve the lifestyle as it pertains to these niggly things that work their way in and hamper our fertility until next time. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community. And I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at Naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.